Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. gentlemen what's going on out there welcome to another episode of dangerous world podcast sunday kind of bonus episode if you will right uh wanted to record this and release it friday i had done so and got everything ready and uh you know the the later part of this episode will be done through zoom so the audio is going to change when i do that because i want to have some visuals for the the patreon subscribers right um, I'm going to share some ads that I found that were very disturbing, some strange ones for sure, and we're going to have those uh, playing, and I'll react to those and stuff and kind of talk about my thoughts, but I did that once already, and the uh, you know sound sharing didn't go through on the damn recording, so basically you just see me making weird, uncomfortable faces while you don't really hear what the ad is saying. So that's not very good content, as laughable as it is. Uh, So I wanted to redo that. And of course, my dumbass also did not save this version of the file where I wasn't using Zoom. So, you know, kind of getting pulled in a lot of directions lately. So wanted to make sure that this was, you know, quality stuff here. And I figured why not just redo the whole thing, right? Um, So recording this on a Sunday, the 4th of uh, June, almost on the 4th of July, 4th of June, and um, you know I've been working, you know, looking a lot at these icebergs, right, the different conspiracy icebergs, there's this site that I'll share with you guys here, I actually don't know the name off the top of my head, I think it's icebergcharts.com or something, let me see if I can, yeah, icebergcharts.com, great site for just showing all kinds of uh, icebergs. I mean, actually, the the first one, dead center in the top, has a AI generated lost media iceberg. So apparently, you know, AI made this iceberg, and um, there's all kinds. There's all kinds of different stuff. Uh, Family Guy icebergs. I actually did see a uh, South Park iceberg, which I might reference a little bit for the 400th episode where I wanted to do a lot of uh, South Park recordings and talk about all the conspiracies that are within that show and all the things that they kind of expose and make fun of in that show because it's such a good show. I mention it almost every episode. I actually try to make it a goal now to mention it every episode because it's become kind of like one of those gimmicky, funny things. So, um, you know, look forward to that. But like I said, just anything that you're interested in, you can type iceberg after it. And there's people that work on this, right? A Jurassic Park iceberg, Minecraft, um, all these different things. I was looking through the internet icebergs and the lost media icebergs and found some really, really interesting things. So I wanted to share some of that with you. This whole episode is going to be for free. Um, it's it's kind of, like I said, um, extra stuff that I wasn't going to cover 
particularly in any other Iceberg episodes. I'm going to be doing a lot of these because I just find them really fun. I don't hear too many people talking about them, um, at least like in this conspiracy podcast world where, you know, there's quite a few podcasts that the same people listen to, right? Um, Or they at least know of them. And I don't really hear anybody talking about this stuff. So one thing that I'm going to mention, there's a couple phobias that I found incredibly interesting in a phobia iceberg um, not going to spend too much time on that. Just uh, two different phobias that are kind of interesting there. Another thing that I found in the lost media iceberg, and it's not really lost media, but it's incredibly just, uh, it's a fascinating concept. The Everywhere at the End of Time album. Um, I'll go more into this, but it's basically six albums that were released by this dude that goes by The Caretaker. His real name's Leyland Kirby. He... Basically, he's an electronic DJ type type musician. Uh, kind of looks like an MK Ultra kid. His eyes are very uncomfortably wide open in pictures that I've seen of him, at least. And uh, he makes this this series of albums that portrays the progression of Alzheimer's or like dementia, right? Um, the you know the first album, it, you're kind of coherent, you're you're very coherent, and then by the end of it, you know what it feels like in critics and in his words, you know what it feels like to suffer from dementia so seems like something I would not want to listen to seems like something that um, you know you hear about this cursed media and these cursed pictures uh, which will lead me into my second topic here uh, this seems like that could be something like that right I mean I wouldn't want to kind of put that onto myself there um, there's some lost audio icebergs I didn't want to cover that here but uh, the you know speaking of the the cursed images, there's this idea of a, and it sounds like a joke, but it's pretty funny. Solar plexus clown gliders, okay? There's something about the word clown when it comes to, like, cursed images and, you know, alleged MK Ultra programs or whatever. And the solar plexus clown glider thing is very, very cool. Like, just to, the idea of it, it would be a great movie. Um, some of the pictures could give you some nightmares if you're, uh, yeah, how do I say, a pussy. But, uh, you know, this stuff is its pretty creepy. It's definitely pretty creepy. One of the theories is that this is like an old military tool or some scientific underground project that was meant to create a uh, mimetic brain deteriorating weapon. So it sounds like my brain's deteriorating right now the way I'm speaking. But, uh, you know, it, it is it is interesting shit. And it, this is only one. There's one big image that goes around and... The theories of it are just really, really cool. So, going to talk about that a little bit. Then, before we get into those uh, those audio, uh, you know, the, the, they're going to be visuals for the patrons, but the audio plays of these strange ads, uh, weird, weird ads, baby's ice cream, uh, I think it's called little baby's ice cream, weird shit. I mean, some of this is really creepy stuff, so I'll share those with you. If you uh, follow Talk at the Tavern from Ghost, from My Third Eye, I talked about a lot of this stuff in his paid portion of his uh, his Tavern episodes. I think he does like an hour for free and then does the rest of the content behind the paywall, um, which is a, you know, it's a, it's a good way to create content because you're still giving, I mean, obviously, you know, I do this. It's a good way to create content because you're still giving a lot of shit for free, right? But, you know, if people want to hear the whole thing, if people just want to support they can do that. Um, before I get into that, I'm going to talk about this uh, heartbeat in the brain. Wild shit. I mean, just absolutely crazy. 
Uh, I don't want to you know, give too much away before we get into it, but I've got a couple articles that I'll read from. I'll kind of tell you a little bit about this idea of the heartbeat in the brain. I mean, it, it is the craziest thing out of all of these uh, because it's 100% real. You know, there's some theory behind some of this other stuff. And uh, yeah, just just very strange. So um, I do want to thank everybody that's been supporting the show. I'm going to be sending you guys some uh, some little products here and there. And uh, I'm collecting addresses right now, actually, to get them all in one spot and get everybody taken care of. Ghost and I start a little soap venture and it's called Conspiracy Soap. All the soaps are themed like, you know, we got four right now. Bigfoot Bait, New World Order, Invasion, and of course, MK Ultra. That's probably my favorite conspiracy out there. Um, and we want to make more sense. We're not trying to uh, sell these for too expensive. We bought them from a wholesaler that sells their individual units for 10 bucks, And uh, we're selling these for probably 6 or $7. We're not sure yet. So um, these are high quality, all natural soaps, really, really good stuff. Supposedly, you could eat them. They won't kill you if you eat them. I would not do that, though. These are meant to rub on your bodies. And it is kind of funny. You know, you look at me and Ghost, the first thing that, that you think of is not cleanliness, right? Uh, we're, you know, kind of, you know, ah, you know, if we were gay, we'd be bears. I'll put it that way, okay? Uh, so, but, you know, this is really, really cool stuff. Ghost actually had this connection, and um, I have some mediocre art skills so we threw some labels together and uh excited to get those out to some people if you choose to buy them you can just buy them at a uh, dangerous world podcast i'm going to have them up after this episode so if you want to check them out see what they look like look at the ingredients and all that shit it's right there you can also get your t-shirts there uh patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and then of course uh pure pet wellness if you go and you want any kind of cbd products Go over to Pure Pet Wellness and enter the promo code DWP, as in Dangerous World Podcast, and you will get 20% off. And it's phenomenal stuff. Human-grade, American-made CBD products for pets. So I encourage you to check that out again. Pure Pet Wellness. Dude's really nice that runs that company, too. So shout out Nico and Pure Pet Wellness. Make sure if you do go and check out the site, I'll obviously leave the link. Uh, the logo is like a... It's like a cute little dog and cat logo. There's a couple of things that try to get tags under that Pure Pet Wellness. And I uh, want to make sure that you go to the right one. Obviously, if my promo code doesn't work, you're at the wrong one. So, fun stuff there. Uh, a little longer than I like to do for the housekeeping on a shorter episode like this. But when I say episodes are going to be short, sometimes those are the longest ones. So, we'll see, in fact, how short this ends up being. These phobias that I mentioned, you know, these things are, are interesting. Like, who comes up with it? When does it become a phobia? Uh, you know, the idea of being transphobic. I don't know one person that is labeled transphobic that is afraid of trans people. Uh, it seems like that's kind of one of those, uh, like a tagline almost. Or like, I don't know, it's exaggerated, right? Uh, no one's afraid of any of these people. It's just like, it's weird. That's it, you know? Some people kind of kind of can be hateful and stuff towards them, but you know it, it's interesting when you start looking at what makes a phobia. And there was this one that I saw, and it's incredibly interesting. Uh, I'll actually pull up this link. It's basically the fear of six six six. And I was actually watching something that was related to alchemy, and they were saying that the the number of the beast is seven forty one. I'd never heard that. It almost makes you wonder if the six 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 thing is kind of a distraction. Or some misdirection in some kind. I'm not saying that I'm going to go get 666 tattooed on me. But um, 
I don't know where the 741 comes from. I thought it was interesting. So if anyone knows what that would mean, you know, 741, I know, I think that there is um, some pretty common like Hertz ranges, right? Like there's 741, I think 147 and 471, just like there's 528, uh, 285. I think, you know, I'm not really the sharpest when it comes to those frequencies, but I specifically remember uh 741 being one of those bad ones out there so something to think about but this 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 phobia of 666 very difficult to pronounce so you're gonna have to bear with me Uh, we're gonna start calling it just hexaphobia because when you say this it sounds like a spell almost it has hex in it three times it's one word uh, looking like about 30 letters, honestly. Uh, I should have counted that just so I could show. I'm not exaggerating, though. This is literally, I mean, 20 minimum, but definitely more like 30, it looks like. Hexaco, C-O-E, hexicata, hexaphobia is what it is, okay? And I think I nailed that. But, uh, yeah, you have hex in it three times, right? Six is hex, hexagon, Um you you got it in there three times. So like I said, I, it feels like a fucking spell in a weird way. But they describe it right here. What is that hexaphobia, right? Obviously shortened there. It's the fear of the number 666 related to triskaidekaphobia, which is the fear of the number 13. There's something along the lines of that that is fear of Friday the 13th, right? And uh, I mean, people are afraid of fucking everything. So it makes sense, but I, I don't know why... You got to make this so complicated, right? Why do we? Why, why don't we just call it? You know, it doesn't need to have an official phobia name. It's kind of goofy, um, but this phobia has its origins in both religious belief and superstition. Uh, hexaphobia is a specific phobia, meaning that someone with the condition would experience intense irrational anxiety or fear when faced specifically with the number six six six. To meet the diagnostic criteria for a specific phobia, your reaction to encountering this number has to be so severe that it's disruptive in your daily life. So I find that interesting. I think a lot of people get a little uncomfortable with 666, right? I mean, rightfully so. I think that if you're not trying to get into some dark shit, uh, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense that there is a, um, a legitimate fear of this stuff. But let's find out if maybe you have this you know, it seems like a made-up phobia here. Feeling nauseous or dizzy when encountering the number 666. That is not me. I don't like it, but I don't get nauseous. Feeling powerless to control the fear even while understanding that it's unreasonable. Okay? Having a hard time functioning in daily life due to overwhelming fear of the number. Immediate intense fear when exposed to the, to the number. Sweating, fast heartbeat, difficulty breathing, or high uh, or tight sensation in the chest. It's like a full-on panic attack, right? Uh, taking great steps to avoid the number, often to such an extent that it generates problems in your life. Interesting. Um, yeah, driving farther than needed to to ensure that the number doesn't read 666. You know, the, this thing that they have here, too, I've actually done this before, so maybe I'm a little, uh, you know, hexaphobic here. If you go to like a gas station or something like that and your total ends up being $6.66, I buy something else. I don't need that shit on me at all. I don't want I don't want that in my bank account. I don't want any of that kind of shit. So, yes, uh I will buy like a pack of gum or whatever's in the uh little impulse section there 
if uh, if my total is anywhere around, or actually just 666, 666, I don't know if I've ever really pulled a big dick move at a grocery store and spent that much, but $6.66, scary, right, scary shit, so I don't know, I thought it was one of those things that was really interesting, uh, also kind of on a funnier note, there's this phobia, which is a fear of big words, and it is... I mean, it's longer than the hexaphobia shit. It's probably 35 fucking letters. Uh, it starts with hippo. I'm not even going to go for it. Uh, it's a it's a long one. But they make this fear of big words the longest damn word I've ever seen. So, Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Kind of fucked up there. Seems like a little inside joke with these sick fucks that make these, uh, you know, these medical people, dude. Sometimes they're kind of weird, but um, let's get into the real stuff here. The stuff that I that I really kind of did a little bit of looking into and and find it to be truly interesting stuff. That album, the end, everywhere at the end of time, right? I told you I wanted to mention that first. This was a thing that came out between 2016 and 2019. Again, six albums, six phases of the uh, mental degradation, and these are featuring loops like ballroom dancing music, all this kind of stuff. And it, like I said, it it, it gives the listener the sensation of the progression of Alzheimer's disease, and supposedly you can actually really fully understand how a dementia patient feels. Now, I don't believe that, but that's what critics say. You know how critics, these art critics can kind of be a little weird. Um, They say it gives a very accurate sensation. I don't know how someone could possibly know what it feels like to have Alzheimer's unless they have that, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, an interesting way to go about this stuff, and... I found it kind of, you know, creepy to say the least that this dude took his name, the caretaker, from Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining, or maybe in the from the book or something, you know. Uh, that guy's that guy's got, you know, he's he's fucking crazy, right? He's got like problems in in the brain. He gets a little cabin fever, and uh, you know, tries to kill his family. It's weird to you know do some good work like this to you know raise Alzheimer's awareness. And uh, in such a creative way and have such a creepy name, right? Uh, caretaker usually is, is a positive term, right? But when it comes to The Shining, and if you're saying that you drew inspiration from that, that sounds kind of dark to me. So I feel like I said, I feel like there's some hidden messages in this uh, in this, this series of Everywhere at the End of Time. And uh, one thing I should mention, too, is that, you know, you, you get this three-year gap in between these uh albums uh, or the span of the albums i should say 
I guess he did that because he wanted to give the listeners the sensation of the passage of time, right? Remember the uh, remember Kamala Harris and the passage of time, that brilliant speech that she gave where she just kept repeating the passage of time. She wanted to sound real deep, uh, but she's about as uh, deep as the kiddie pool, we'll say. So, yeah, man, interesting stuff here, though, right? Um, a lot of this work dates back to, like, 2011, and what I think that's interesting is that you have heard these songs. You definitely heard these songs, especially if you spend any time on TikTok or Instagram. Some of these loops were viral. Uh, they were used in viral memes and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that has gotten out there. I don't know why it was in the Lost Media Iceberg, but uh, it definitely is a mysterious piece of art here. I'll run through these six stages really quick, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting stuff. Stage one... Described as the initial signs of memory deterioration. Described as uh, feeling everyone feels. Uh, something that's kind of like, um, you know, the, the idea of being spaced out for a little while. When you probably should be writing, uh, you know, I people do this in school a lot. When you probably should be writing or, or do, taking your test. You're kind of spaced out, daydreaming, whatever. And you realize, oh shit, I should be doing this. It's usually when you're pretty content, right? Usually... You're not in any kind of danger if you're just daydreaming unless you've completely disassociated yourself, which is a whole different problem. But, uh, yeah, you know, this this first stage is um, is pretty relatable, I guess. It has the most coherent music on there, what we would think of as music. Still a little weird, um, but, yeah, it's just the beginning stage. Now, stage two is described as the self-realization that something's wrong and the refusal to accept that, Okay. Um, now, in contrast with this first stage, you know, there's joyful sounds. It sounds, like I said, like music, like what you would think music sounds like. This one has fewer loops, uh, shittier quality samples, right? Like the, a lot of the work is sampled ballroom music, as I mentioned. The quality kind of drops in, in the second stage. And um, there's, a, there's a relatively new type of music on this that I found interesting, too. It's called hauntology. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of creepy sounding music. Uh, actual definition here is uh, sounds that evoke cultural memory and aesthetics of the past. And it sounds exactly, like I said, exactly what you'd think. Creepy, um, kind of dark, and a lot of loops, it seems like. Now, stage three, this is described as the patient experiencing some of the last coherent memories before confusion fully rolls in. And the gray mists form and fade away. This is a quote here from uh, Critic, I believe. The uh, track titles become more abstract, right? Um, there's some weird titles in some of these, but uh, they, they get abstract and then they get kind of downright sad and depressing towards the end. But when you start off with positive sounds, positive names for the songs, you move into just like, what is this? What, what is he talking about? And and things get a lot more chaotic. Tracks end abruptly rather than like kind of fading out. Um, it kind of seems like it's turning into like a troll at this point. Like, you know, just making worse and worse music and saying that, well, this is, this is what it feels like to have Alzheimer's. It, it seems like a troll to me, but at the same time, I'm not going to listen to it to see if that's true or not. Um... Stage four is described as the point uh, which the ability to recall singular memories gives way to confusions and horror. I guess this is actually some of the scariest stuff on this, uh, in this fourth stage, according to critics. People are saying it's it's 
more akin to noise, but kind of disturbing noise, right? And again, seems kind of like a troll at this point. Stage five, there's a mix of chaotic moments and really nice sounding moments. It's got ear piercing, more violent tones, uh, some coherent melodies. They start losing significance and things like this. Um, it seems kind of like this. Well, this would be kind of annoying to listen to. I don't know if you've been, you know, watching YouTube, and you have to turn your damn TV or your headphones up quite a bit because for whatever reason it's quiet, and then an ad comes on, and it's like five times as loud as the damn thing that you're trying to watch. It sounds kind of like that, right? Like you're gonna have to turn it up and down if you're trying to really listen to it, but then you don't get the full effect. So I don't know. Uh, final stage here: the caretaker describes as having zero description. This is supposed to meant uh, meant to be, you know, just sounds of the void, sounds of just, uh, I don't know, just I, I've never experienced Alzheimer's. Hope to never do so. Um, but yes, this is this is weird, right? Uh, for some reason, to me, this sticks out as as something, right? It's either this dude just completely taking a piss, as some people like to say, and kind of trolling everybody that that thinks that this is true art. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I have no idea. But uh, it seems like such a foreign concept, right? Being able to put somebody in that zone of feeling like they have a a major disorder, right? Um, I don't know if it's a disorder or disease, but it's definitely something, right? It's something with a dis before it. And if you remember a while ago, I was talking about the the digital drugs, right? I forget the, the correct term for them. But there's certain songs out there. A lot of these are like on the dark web and shit. There's some like really lame ones on YouTube. They're not as legit as some of these other ones. But it basically like there's digital marijuana. There's digital LSD, digital all kinds of shit. Ecstasy, uh, cocaine probably. All these different ones where you listen to it and your brain feels like you're on that substance. It's recorded at a certain frequency so it'll make you feel weird. Uh, or feel a certain way, and by listening to these, you can actually replicate the sensation of being high on said drug. I think that's incredibly fucking interesting, for sure. Um, I would love to to try one of the legit ones, just to see. Um, you know, I've never done any hard drugs. I've smoked weed, and I have drank, and that's it. So, you know, it'd be hard for me to really <laughs> relate to the, like, you know, acid ones and shit like that, but I guess I've done shrooms, too. But uh, interesting, right? Interesting idea. So you got that with the uh, lovely little album there. I just think it's weird, dude. It's fucking strange. Let me see. I can pull this up real quick and I can, you know, read a couple of the track names. Um, Everywhere at the end of time. And they have a good... There's There were supposedly some music videos for them, too. That's reminding me. Uh, but they did uh, take them down. I guess people were getting pretty pretty pissed off with the visuals. But um, I don't know. That's what art's supposed to do. If you go to the Wikipedia, there's a couple of quick uh, like clips of the audio, 30-second clips. But, you know, you don't get much from them. So let's see here. Okay, so they start off with things like it's just a burning memory, late afternoon drifting, um, the loves of my entire life. To into each other's eyes, things like that. My heart will stop in joy, all that kind of stuff. Where it's, it seems positive, then the the beginning track of stage two is a losing battle. The last one is the away ahead feel the way ahead feels lonely. Sorry, 
the way ahead feels lonely. Uh, stage three, back there, Benjamin. Not getting much from that. And a heartbreaks. Uh, ending with mournful camaraderie, I guess. Uh, stage four is post-awareness confusions. Uh, not getting much there. You get into repeated title tracks. Actually, uh, one and two and three, or no, I'm sorry, one, two, and four of stage four are all the same name. Uh, one and two of stage five are the same name, advanced plaque entanglements. Uh, and then six, I'll just read all four of these because this is the last stage. A confusion, a confusion so thick you forget forgetting. Um, a brutal bliss beyond this empty defeat. Long decline is over. And then the last one of the entire series is Place in the World Fades Away. Um, so, yeah, the, it's weird, seems incredibly depressing. And uh, it's either a hell of a way to raise awareness or it's a hell of a troll. And I potentially think that there could be some some kind of weird effects listening to stuff like that if it was done right, right? I mean, like if it was done uh, from like the occult I don't know what you exactly call it, but the same way that I feel about these digital drugs and the the stories that you hear about those, it seems something along those lines, right? I, I don't think that anyone would want to feel anything like that, any any kind of, uh, you know, slip into Alzheimer's or whatever. But the second thing that I wanted to mention, so interesting stuff, right? I mean, at the very least, I think it's, it's something to, to at least think about there. Moving into this other thing, this solar plexus clown glider stuff. This is some new age shit, and I think it's kind of, uh, it's it's strange. It's definitely, I think it's plausible. I think that it's, it's definitely, I mean, think about how many movies there are based off of like hearing something or seeing something, and it's like haunted, right? It's the idea of, of rather than a physical haunting, it's more of a mental haunting, almost a possession, it seems. So thinking about it like that, I think is is as accurate as you could possibly be. Look up pictures of the solar plexus clown glider shit if you want. I mean, it is scary. Like I said, the eyes on this person are really, really weird. Uh, I don't know if it's an AI-generated image or what. Uh, but, yeah, it's you know one of the cursed images is basically this. It looks like a girl with very wide-open eyes. Uh, it, looks like, it looks demonic for sure. And it looks like there's something coming out of her mouth. It's a really grainy photo. It looks like one of the earliest pictures ever taken to be honest is, is like the quality of it but uh I'll, I'll read a little bit about it here and then uh, talk about some theories and whatnot but the solar plexus clown glider is the collective name given to a broad range of paranormal phenomena attributed to a corruptive entity which infects weak and vulnerable people through the solar plexus chakra so again it's new age stuff right and i'm not i'm not weak so i'm not too worried about this shit but um, originally used in the 80s, New Age practitioners and phenomena uh, said the... I'm sorry. Hold on. We'll take that again. Originally used by 80s New Age practitioners, the phenomena was linked to a horror-themed email forwardable in the late 90s, um, which claimed that simply reading or hearing the word solar plexus clown glider made one susceptible to infection. So if this is true you're all potentially susceptible to getting infected by this. Now, I wouldn't worry about it. I have looked at this a lot. Um, I don't know. If you, if you start getting freaked out, just say a prayer or something. Because there's not... I don't know. I don't know what to tell you here if you start getting afraid of fucking pictures. But 
Other Others claimed that one became infected through viewing a set of spooky black and white images circulating online. I've only seen one. I would like to see the others because they are incredibly disturbing pictures. There's no blood or guts or any dead people, but it looks, it looks scary for sure. Um, rather than a material cryptid, an SPCG is ephemeral, uh, I'm sorry, ephemeral, and operates at the level of language. So there's this great movie out there. It's called uh, Pontypool. And it's a zombie apocalypse type movie. But instead of the, the plague spreading through bites, it spreads through spoken words. And it's really interesting because there's a radio DJ that you're following. And he's essentially spreading the entire plague almost single-handedly because he's talking to thousands of people in a Canadian town, right? It's in the middle of the snow. It's it's like, you know, a really creepy, dark, like, I don't know. It's really, really well done. But the concept there is exactly this, that this whole thing operates at the level of language. Understanding a word a certain way, right? Usually trigger words like love or terms of endearment. Uh, there was a cat lost in the movie that was named Honey, a lot of uh, people that love each other call themselves or call the other person honey, right? So these words that make you feel emotion, right? Some some of them are scary words. Uh, emotional words seem to trigger this apocalypse in this movie, right? This sounds like this. It's exactly what it is. Now, of course, it's a movie. It's kind of a far out there movie. But, I mean, dude, you can tell me that this shit was real and there's fucking, like, proof and the government like has told us that it's real and it would not surprise me at all okay um now the spcg appears to feed off human misery bombarding its host uh human with the re- with realistic hallucinations glitches in reality and weakening them emotionally they then simply drive the host beyond their fullest capacity of psychological pain the quote sickness that comes with an spcg contact is described as similar to meth addicts experience of withdrawal you get paranoia symptoms um, up to and including near constant full body hallucinatory experiences and actual psychosis the reported effects are also similar to delirium states okay so yeah i mean it's pretty pretty damn interesting that this thing would uh what the fuck? This is weird. Manifestations, it says. Jeffrey Epstein was killed in a Burlington coat factory. Okay, that's just random shit, right? I, I'm, maybe someone knows what that could possibly mean. I've never heard anything like that before, but that's connected somehow to the solar plexus clown glider. Strange, right? Um, now, some theories on what it is. The one that I like is the military scientific or an underground project to create a mimetic brain deteriorating weapon. That is a hell of a movie right there. That is incredibly interesting. I think that it's possible through frequencies, um, especially on a computer. You could do something you know, where you look at a certain picture and a certain frequency place when you're looking at the picture on your computer. If you're viewing it live, maybe if it's a screenshot, it's not going to have that same effect. But maybe seeing the original images of this would fuck with people, right? These have been screen grabbed and they've been saved and blah, 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 moved several times over. Um, but you could easily put a, a, a frequency that would make someone nauseous, make someone think that they're seeing shit. Um, you know, just to change the vibration in the room just by looking at this thing. I don't know. It's it's definitely woo-woo as it was brought up uh, on uh, on Ghost's show. 
you know, some people were saying, like, isn't this kind of out there for you? It is for sure. But I think it's one of those things that, you know, why not talk about stuff like this? Um, I haven't heard I haven't heard this mentioned before. So, you know, I like to do stuff like that. But that's my favorite theory is that it's some sort of military or underground project weapon that's meant to deteriorate culture, the way people think, all that stuff. That's really interesting. But you got a couple other theories here. It could be a demon. could be just a total hoax. could be an example of digital folklore. Okay? A um, couple longer theories here. An interdimensional demon, which activates the solar plexus region. And this was the original meaning of the term used by New Age practitioners, notably chakra healers and transcendental meditation advocates in the late 80s and early 90s. So this is when the internet was in its infancy, right? Of course, they're going to come up with some scary shit. Right when the internet's, you know, becoming a thing. It's got to be haunted in some way always, right? Um, another theory here, American film director David Lynch, who explored the popular occult circuit at this t- at this time in his career, would go on to write extensively about a very similar entity or psychic illness. He calls it capitalizing each word like SPCG, the suffocating rubber clown suit of negativity. Um... Again, clowns popping up there, right? Rubber clown suit of negativity. But yeah, so uh, he describes it in a way um, that corresponds to SPCG legends. And basically, it's it's the same thing. It's the same. It just hearing that suffocate, suffocating rubber clown suit of negativity could leave you susceptible to some sort of attack here spiritually. I don't know. Uh, I think more... Often than not, you know, a lot of this stuff really turns out to be nothing. But I think if you're susceptible to this stuff, maybe it could have some kind of effect on you. Again, not much gets to me in in these kinds of worlds, right? But uh, maybe if you are overly sensitive to shit that you see, then, you know, maybe this could fuck with you. I don't know. Let Anyone out there let me know if me saying solar plexus clown glider scared them. Uh, because I, you know, I won't make fun of you. I promise, but I would like to hear, um, if this has any effect on anybody, I don't think it would. That's why I feel fine sharing it. Now, the last kind of longer bit that I wanted to get into before sharing those ads and creepy ass commercials is the heartbeat in the brain check. Very weird lady. Uh, Amanda Fielding. Okay, now this lady is like a duchess or some shit, but she's fucking strange. Now, there's a Forbes article, and you know what? I actually, I can play this uh, audio off of my phone, probably, about her talking about this thing, trepanation, which is like along the lines of like a lobotomy, right? It's opening up your brain, literally, And using either a drill or a knife or some weird shit like that. Let's see. Amanda Fielding. Let's see here. Let's see if she pops up. Yeah. Okay. So um, I might get an ad here. So we'll have to see. No, no ads. Yeah. So check this out. This is her in her own words talking about, you know, doing this to herself. Um Long story short, she drilled a hole in her head to try to expose her her third eye and to allow her brain to think more freely and all this shit. Now, it sounds shocking, but this isn't just some crazy bitch. I mean, really it is at the end of the day, but she she has some notoriety. 
She is considered the psychedelic queen, right? Um, she's really led like the renaissance of psychedelic research here and like what we're going through right now. People credit to her. And you know how I feel about the psychedelic stuff. It's fun. But when people start saying that it's medicine, I think that's goofy as shit. It's so stupid when they're like, no, dude, it makes you feel so good and all this stuff. Great. I mean, why don't you go for a walk or something instead? You know, try something. When people say that it connects you to like the spirits, dude, it's not. It's not connecting you to anything. It's not connecting you to God. It's not connecting you to any kind of creation thing. Your mind is just seeing this. And I have a feeling that everyone that sees these clockwork elves and feel like they're super real, right? It's because you're expecting to see that shit, right? Like people have talked about seeing that so much that people start seeing those things. And I get it. I haven't done this stuff. I mean, I've done very, very small amounts of mushrooms and shit like that. But when it's pushed by certain people, you know, the Soros's of the world want you on psychedelics. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. All these people swear by them, right? Um, I think more often than not, you're going to connect with some sort of dark energy that is pretending that it's good energy, right? Light energy, if you want to call it that. But I don't even like using that word because, you know, when they say love and light and, you know, we want to be a light in somebody's world, like that's referring to Lucifer right there. So that's my point is that these people that advocate for this stuff are off their fucking rockers, really, right, I'm not saying don't experiment and don't have fun, but just don't start thinking that psychedelics is, like, gonna save you, or enlighten you in some way, people feel like they're enlightened when they're on this stuff, and I have a theory on this, I think if you do extended amounts of this, or you do these for an extended period of time, your brain doesn't think as much when you're not on these things, and any thoughts that you have, by definition, you're going to think are more profound because you're not thinking as much. You're not, you know, my mind is constantly going in 20 directions. I don't know about you guys. I It takes me a long time to go to sleep at night unless I'm like high or drunk because my mind is going in several directions. And it's not negativity. It's not scary stuff. But I'm thinking about like, okay, what can I do here? Did I do this already? Um, you know, I, I, my dad has told me about this several times, so maybe it's, I, I kind of, you know, picked it up from him, but you know, when you lay down and you're, and your mind's racing, you don't think any of those thoughts are profound. You don't start saying like, oh wow, I must, I, I, I that was a really deep thought right there because you got so many of them. I think when you do psychedelics for an extended amount of time and you see some vibrant colors, your mind starts slowing down. And when you have thoughts, you think that they're profound. And maybe a bunch of other people that have supposed profound thoughts agree with you. And that feeds your bullshit, right? So I don't know. That's just what I think about it. Now, let's listen to Amanda Fielding, the queen of psychedelic renaissance, talking about drilling a hole in her head. Because this is where where it seems. And I'm not trying to be like an old man here. That if you do psychedelics, you're going to drill a hole in your head. That's an extreme example, right? A very extreme. Um, I would say it's one of the most extreme I have fucking heard. But nonetheless, people start doing weird shit like this. Again, this is extreme. But here it is. This is Amanda Fielding, the Countess 
You, uh, I bet you were a very interesting young woman. Uh, I have to ask you, at least briefly, about the self-trepanation video. Mm -hmm. And I just see a, a young woman that's really bold and doing something that she believes in. And the more I read about it, I'm, I, I'm more fascinated with this oh, and being yeah. a cultural thing that's been done for thousands of years. Yeah. And I was just wondering, uh, was that a scary thing for you to do? Was that a, a statement that you wanted to make? Or how did that come about? Right. Well, um... I think it's fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm still, in fact, I'm saying to myself, now the drug policy solved and the psychedelics are pretty well the doors opening. Next thing is opening the door to research into trepanation. Because um, the hypothesis is it improves the cerebral circulation by giving back the possibility for the blood to express itself on the heartbeat. And that little bit of extra blood pressure um, makes the cerebral spinal fluid, which is other fluid, have a better circulation. So it's a little bit more active, more alive, the cerebral circulation. And after all, everything happens in the brain. And it's known that from 13 to 21, that kind of period of growing up, but particularly the kind of end bit, 21 to 24, is a very kind of tricky period when, and that's when the skull finally seals, becomes a solid, more or less solid case. And the pulsation continues, but in a limited expression. So the hypothesis, which actually has been done, as you rightly say, since whatever, 10,000 BC, I think. They'll they found evidence of that. Yeah. And it was quite often with holy uh, the the leaders, it was the priests or something, because you found several trepan skulls buried in uh, pottery with a bit of silk or something. Okay, so the holy people or the shamans were doing it to themselves? The shamans, the priest caste, the kind of leaders. Okay. Um, around the world, and nearly, not every culture, but funny enough, not Egypt, where the body was sacrosanct, but uh, India, a lot on the German-Dutch border in prehistoric times. You know, they're, they're clusters, a lot in Latin America, I mean, pre-Columbian America. Um, and what does the process involve, or what did it involve back then? I mean, how do they do it? Is it a small, a whole? Well, it's, it's unknown territory. What is known is that um, it was used until the First World War as a treatment for migraine, epilepsy, um, insanity, depression. Okay. Actually, anything that goes, you know, if you couldn't think what to do. I once met an Indian um, neuroscientist, pretty nice man, and um, he said, I said, anyway, he said he gave his rich patient the pills and the poor ones he trepanned. I said, did it seem to work? He said, well, I never came back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she kind of, you know, sounds the way she talks really quickly and kind of all over the place, uh, you know, shifting mid mid sentence, kind of like I do. But, you know, that that sounds strange, the way that she was going about that stuff. Um, I mean, the, you know, the idea is so foreign to me. You got a headache, drill a hole in your head. That'll take care of it. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it will cure the headache. Um, but, yeah, she did this. There's a video. It was made in the 70s. And um, it's like a, like I said, like a high society person. Like she wasn't necessarily wealthy, but uh, she did have a love affair with a pigeon. That's not a joke. That's a real thing. Um, there's actually this Huck article. 
Huck magazine. It the the <laughs> the cover or like the main picture is a photo of her with this lover pigeon on her shoulder. The mind-altering trip of acid countess Amanda Fielding, the psychedelic a psychedelic revolutionary, Amanda Fielding drilled a hole in her head and fell in love with a pigeon. Now, after five decades of pioneering research into drugs, scientists are finally catching up to her ideas. Yes, they are. They're getting just as goofy with it, right? Think about the science, right? The science is so great right now. Uh, it's not culty at all. So I'll read this article, this Forbes article. It kind of gets you a little bit more familiar with her. And I think it is, I mean, it's no doubt interesting. She is an interesting person. But you can also be crazy. You can also be a little bit fucked because of your uh, wealth and and this maybe this strange kind of connection that she had with her family. Um, one thing from this Huck article, she says, "My childhood was quite unique because it was very isolated." Says Amanda, sitting in her wood paneled study, surrounded by books on drugs, science, and spirituality. Right. So this is when I get really weirded out. When you start trying to mix drugs and spirituality, I think it's goofy. It's such a fucking beginner idea, I think. Right. Getting more spiritual, using a bunch of drugs makes you more spiritual. That's like it seems like you're not even at stage one of really learning what's going on. Now, people out there will argue that with me all day, I bet, and and probably say that I'm stupid as fuck for saying that. I don't care. I think that that is, it's goofy as hell. I think uh, there's no quick answer. There's no quick way to become spiritual. And last of all, I think would be drugs. Um, like I said, try going on a walk, right? Try try getting out and doing something relatively sober, if not, you know, 100% sober in nature or, or just getting your heart rate up, you know? Um, that seems to do wonders for people. And, and uh, also... I gotta, I gotta, you know, kind of tell a side story here really quick. The the amount of, I don't know if you want to say spiritual fulfillment or just content uh, feeling that I feel personally now more so than I have in a long time. Right, so many of us work jobs that we don't like. So many of us are are broke, even though we work forty hours a week. Right. Um. I was miserable when I was working for Pepsi. Now, it's a great job. The people there were good. Miserable, miserable shit. Waking up at 4 or 5 in the morning to go and throw cases of soda, thousands and thousands of pounds of soda I have thrown over you know the six years I was there. I wouldn't be surprised if it was millions because these, these fucking things are heavy and then you're doing it eight hours a day. Um I was miserable and I was broke. I mean, I had no fucking extra money, right? You get a check every week and by the time you're getting paid, you're lucky to have a couple hundred bucks left, right? And then the bills come and it's all gone again. Now, doing something that I really thoroughly enjoy, obviously the podcasting and, you know, working in the fight industry just a little bit. I'm not doing anything too deep in it. Having the time to do what I want more often, working a job that I legitimately enjoy, that has changed my spiritual outlook big time. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll be standing around sometimes and just feel so fucking happy, and I'm not sure why. I'm like, why do I feel so good right now? It's because I'm not doing shit that I don't want to be doing. You know, everyone can find that, right? Now, it's tough when you have kids and you have a family. You do have to kind of support that stuff, but this is why I didn't have a family yet. You know, I, I, I hope to possibly in the future, 
But um, now that I'm happy and, and can support myself, you know, while still being happy, there's no feeling like that, right? Uh, now, yes, I drink quite a bit, but uh, drinking is not a spiritual thing for me, and I don't pretend it is, right? It's like if you tell a, a pothead that they're addicted to weed, they get pissed, right? If you tell an alcoholic that they're addicted to, to drinking, they might get pissed too. I mean, I, I hear it sometimes, and it just makes me think, like, am I doing it too much? I never get mad at anybody if they tell me that, though, and I know that that's not the case. Uh, kind of, you know, just getting into my own personal life here a little bit, but... Yeah, I think it's I think it's goofy as hell when you start saying like, no, this is a tool. It's used as a tool, man. Like, fuck you. Shut the fuck up. You just want to get fucked up, and that's fine. Everyone deserves to do that, but don't start making this some profound shit, please. Um, so continuing here with this, um, back to what Amanda says here. She says uh, after the the whole books on drugs, science, and spirituality, we had absolutely no money, so no petrol, no heating, no. No uh, school uniforms, anything like that. The whole upbringing was slightly on the wild side of life. Now, she's a descendant of Charles II, but that doesn't mean that you're wealthy. Um, I, I tend to think that she's probably a little more wealthy than she says she is here. My childhood was quite unique because, oh yeah, I just read that. And continuing on here, inspiring, inspired by her godfather, a Buddhist monk, red flag, uh, Amanda became fascinated by the mystics, another red flag. After winning a science prize uh, prize at age 16, she asked the, the nuns at her school for books on Buddhism and mysticism, but they refused. So she left to go traveling in the Middle East with no money and no passport, ending up in the entourage of Boudin Sheik. Uh, not sure who that is, but this is where she meets the pigeon. Uh, it's, I mean, fucking weird, right? Together they began doing LSD. Uh, she she started doing it with uh, Joe Mellon and Bart Hugs or Hughes, maybe. Uh, haven't seen Hughes spelt like that, but it's probably what it is. You know, meeting this dude, these dudes doing LSD, probably having threesomes, two d- devils threesomes too. The two dudes, one chick, that's gross. Uh, exploring how to increase blood flow to the brain. Um, interesting stuff, man. They show a fucking kit here, a trepanation kit. I don't know. It, that stuff to me is wild. It, it, you know, the the video is really disturbing as well. Um, literally a woman drilling a hole in her head. There's a full documentary on it you could watch. It's called Heartbeat in the Brain. You heard it there herself. She believes that this is a way to heal headaches and insanity. Uh, lobotomizing people did not seem to work very well, though. So, I don't know. It, it, it's a wild, wild thing, though. So, you you probably understand why I wanted to talk about that, right? Um, the crazy shit you come across in these icebergs. I'm telling you. I'm fucking telling you. Now, getting into the creepy ad iceberg that I found. There's videos on some of these. And some of these you just got to read through and find stuff. Um there was a, a really good video on disturbing ads. And they don't show all the ads because they're going through, you know, uh, it seems like a hundred different ads. So they're just showing five seconds. I'm going to, the, the audio is going to change quality here because I'm going to go over to Zoom. And I'm going to share the visuals with the Patreon people. But you here listening to the audio recording, you'll still get the audio and you'll get me talking with it and shit. But uh, 
these are these are creepy. There, there's some there's some that are more disturbing than others, and some that are just like, what is that, right? But uh, let's go over to Zoom right now. Uh, again, the audio quality will change, and uh, here we go. All right, we're back, and uh, you know, like I said, audio is going to sound a little weird for the uh, folks that did not get this version of it, but nonetheless. Got some interesting ads to share here, and I'm going to make sure that I do this right this time. I'm going to share my sound, and this first one is exceptionally creepy. This is one of the creepier ones. We see some incredible propaganda in another one, uh, re- really negative propaganda, but nonetheless, good propaganda, solid, uh, 11 out of 10 on the propaganda scale. Uh, some creepy ones, some weird ones that are you're just like, what's the point? And uh, ones like this first one that I'm about to show that, in my opinion, are are disturbing. So we'll go through this one. Uh, let me know what you think. And uh, here it is. This is Little Baby's Ice Cream. There's good reason for my glistening skin. And how I shine. And how my pores are so clean and clear. I eat little baby's ice cream. It keeps me young. It keeps me light on my feet. I spring from activity to activity. I love my job. I love my life. When you eat little baby's ice cream, you'll wink and nod and hug and high-five each other with great enthusiasm. This is a special time. Little baby's ice cream. Ice cream is a feeling. I mean, a strange marketing choice, right? I don't know what the hell that is, but it's it's fucking weird. So, um, I think Adrenochrome. When I see this, right, I eat little baby's ice cream. It's what keeps my skin so nice, right? My pores are so nice. Uh, it helps me feel young. I'm excited about life. I mean, that I, I don't see a clearer cut case than uh, that is simply some adrenochrome shit going on there. Remember the berries and cream one, too. That's popping up over to the side here. Um, there's a full 16 minute video done by Minty Comedic Arts that I did not know about. And I'll probably watch after this. That's 10 things that you didn't know about the scariest ice cream company, probably is what it is. Um, and this is probably Little Baby's Ice Cream. Uh, 16 minute long thing here. So, uh, definitely going to watch that after this, but let's move on to the next one. This is, uh, another nice, creepy little commercial here. Um, we'll see what conspiracy this makes you think of when you see the full ad here. I know a place that's peaceful and quiet, a place where animals play. It's called the forest, but every year we start forest fires, a careless match, a cigarette, and poof, fire. So the next time you're in the forest, be extra careful, okay? (laughs) If you knew it was me, would you have listened? (laughs) I mean, 
you guessed it. This is like the fucking masks that people wear. The people masks, right? Um, th- we a lot of us think that like Biden is somebody is wearing a Biden face. Um, there's all the 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 actors and all the people that play multiple people in Hollywood, or so we're told by certain fringe sites and stuff. I don't think that that's beyond the realm of possibility. Family Guy has jokes about this stuff. Um, South Park has one with the crab people, with uh, the the crab people dress up as queer eye for a straight guy people, and they are wearing the gay men's suits to ruin the gay culture, to ruin like uh, culture in general, and basically take over the world. In their words, in the crab people's words, in South Park, they say. You know, we can't take over man, so we have to weaken men, and then we can take over. So, I don't know. I thought that was a fucking creepy one, but it's also, uh, you know, kind of ties in with a lot of the stuff that we talk about, right? Now, these PS3 commercials, these are great uh, in the worst way possible. I remember each one of these commercials vividly. I wanted a PS3 when I was in, I think I was in high school, I want to say. Um, not sure when PS3 came out. I know that they're on the five now. But uh, check these. These are three PS3 commercials. The first one is really the creepiest, but then you get a little bit of black magic vibes from the third one. You've got one featuring a baby, one featuring a Rubik's Cube, which to me isn't 100% clear uh, what the creepiness of that is other than, you know, uh, maybe some magic shit. And then the uh, eggs are featured in the final one. But here we go. Three seconds. Let me let me just talk about that one really quick before we roll into the next one. Creepy, right? I mean, it seems like some sort of like, uh, I don't know, some kind of AI or maybe like a, I don't know, like a robot baby, right? Um, crying and then the tears go up instead of down. And um, this PlayStation starts floating. The baby calls the PlayStation Mama. And then it says Play Beyond. Um very strange. It's in like a, a clinical type setting in a in a room that's all white with four lights up top. You know, four has some creepy uh demonic energy behind it, supposedly. Um, you know, it kind of represents the world, right? The four cardinal directions, all those kinds of things, uh, are four dimensions, if you will. But uh yeah, let's move into this next one here. The Rubik's Cube. Again, nothing too crazy with the Rubik's Cube, but it's part of the three. So why not? Rubik's Cube and a PlayStation. Rubik's Cube walks up to the PlayStation. That's floating for some reason. Solves itself. And then explodes perfectly onto the walls, making one blue, red, green, and yellow surface. And then the PlayStation floats for some reason, and it says Play Beyond. I don't get the Play Beyond thing, but okay. This one's creepy. Probably the most, like, black magic uh, shit going on here. You have what I believe is 13 eggs. Oh, man, I gotta count that. Because. Okay, there's this bar in the right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11, huh? 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, I'm getting twelve now. There's got to be one that we can't see making thirteen. There's got to. It's hard because they start moving and they don't show them all at the same time. But yeah, they start rolling. Stand up upside down. The PlayStation throws the eggs into the wall and crows fly out from where the eggs broke. I don't know. Little, little strange, right? What are you selling? Why? What do eggs and birds have to do with a PlayStation? There's something more to the whole thing with PlayStation, right? It's creepy. Um, this is the propaganda piece I was talking about. This is a back to school ad from the Sandy Hook Promise. This is a, this is one of those ads that makes you angry. Uh, this is more of a PSA, but uh, holy shit, just, uh, I think it's really, really bad taste. Excuse me. Really, really bad taste this is done in. But uh, you'll see these kids are, you know, showing off their their new school items. And the key is look in the background of all these. Look behind. Don't look at what the kid's talking about. Look behind them. And you'll kind of get the picture of what's going on. I'm sure you can guess what's going on before I even play it. But here we go. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. Of course, she's got the rainbow on her knee pad. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. It's back to school time, and you know what that means. I mean, shame on these people. I think it goes, school shootings are preventable when you know the signs. Shame on these people, man. Honestly, that's, that's dark. It's not, it's not getting anything across. You're not, you're not helping your cause there. Just effective propaganda to really, really stupid people. And unfortunately, there's a lot of stupid people in this country. So let's move on. Uh, disgusting though, right? That's just a disgusting one. This anti-gun Alice in Wonderland one is interesting. This is the Brady campaign. It's really hard to find this ad alone by itself anywhere. So this guy, Black Rabbit, um, I think he calls himself White Rabbit, though, but the channel is Black Rabbit, has uh, a quick little video on it. I'm just skipping ahead to the ad itself. So here it is. Is there a gun where they play? Asking saves kids. Yeah. Uh, if someone asks me, is there any guns where they play? I will say none of your business. I uh, keep the guns away from the kids. Um, you know, I grew up in a house of guns and no one ever shot themselves. Right. 
it's also because I was always told to respect these things, right? Um, don't fear them, but have a healthy respect for them. Like, you know, the same way that you would respect something that could hurt you, like a fucking tiger or a lion. You're not afraid of them unless you're face to face, but you're not going to go out there and be reckless with a fucking tiger or a lion or something that could kill you like that, right? Um, I was always taught, you know, things like, you know, make sure that the gun is unloaded before you take one from somebody, right? Before you, you know, someone's like, hey, check this out. They're holding a gun. Say, hey, you mind making sure it's unloaded? If they say, oh, it's unloaded, tell them to show you. Say, you know, okay, eject the mag, pull the action back, whatever you need to do to prove that it is, in fact, uh, not loaded. You know, I, I went to school with a real fucking loser of a person. It's probably either in prison or jail right now. You know, when you're a teenager, though, you don't care about the quality of a lot of your friends. And, you know, this dipshit, uh, single, single parent home, which, you know, it sucks. The mom was dumber than a box of shit, too. And, you know, this, this dude, um, you know, his older brother was, was kind of like a wannabe gangster white dude, probably never fucking did anything illegal in his life other than like speeding or just not paying child support or some dumb loser shit like that. And he had a gun. You know, we're playing Tony Hawk, pro skater. I think it was Tony Hawk Underground. And we, you know, this dude brings the gun in, feeling like he's a badass, shows it to us. This uh, moron that was, uh, you know, my friend at the time, like, oh, I want to see it. And he, you know, playing around with it. And I'm nervous because I'm like, dude, like that gun's loaded for sure. This guy doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And um, he saw that I was nervous. And he's like, what are you nervous about? And he pointed it at me. And I was like, dude, fucking like do not do that i ended up leaving didn't talk to that fucking bum anymore that dude's a loser um one of those kids that like you just knew he was gonna not be good at anything you know what i mean and and yeah it it made me mad clearly i'm still pretty pissed off about that today um i wish that i would have like done something about it but you know the dude's holding a fucking gun so at the same time you know leaving is the best circumstance there but it's it's it just takes one fucking moron like that right um, no one ever taught them how to properly handle firearms. It's, it's the people's fault. It's not the gun. It's irresponsible parents and irresponsible gun owners that do this. So shame on those people. Um, this is the last one. It's kind of just a goofy, like total again, propaganda. Um, you know, think of the kids. It's a UNICEF Smurfs commercial kind of, kind of random, but figured I'd show it just cause you know, who doesn't love the Smurfs? It's this beautiful area. Kind of up in smoke. <laughs> They're all playing and then they just get bombed. Baby's crying. I'm not sure what it says, but I mean, wild, right? Just, you know, a kid's cartoon and then they all get bombed to shit. The propaganda is real with these things, and it is, uh, it's is—it's always interesting to, to see how the propaganda is done throughout the ages, throughout the different uh, timelines and the periods that we're in and stuff. But yeah, guys, that was it. I just kind of wanted to do uh, these kinds of uh, you know fun, fun show for a Sunday. I meant to do this last week, but either way, thank you for listening to the, the patrons. Thank you for watching these cool ads. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. So um, back to more shows this week. And um, yeah.
I don't know what else to say other than thank you guys for listening and everybody take care out there. All right. Thank you.